Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, a.k.a. Fanta Claus. <laughs> Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, I just want to get this out of the way up top. Mm-hmm. I'm just called that because I'm drinking a Fanta right now. There's no joke. There's no content <laughs> to that. There's no story behind it. Ho, ho, slurp. <laughs> I just happened to have stopped at a taco stand that has a Fanta fountain. And I said, give me a small Fanta, you know? Why not throw that? I had one Al Pastor, one Asada. I said, you know, throw a Fanta in there. That's a lunch right there. What uh, what flavor of Fanta do you got? Oh, that's an orange Fanta. Yeah, it's just a standard Fanta. It's not a, it's not a pina or something like that. So is orange the default Fanta? At least in America. Is it possible? I mean, there are so... Like, Fanta is... Fanta is America's 75th most popular carbonated beverage, but like (laughs) everywhere else in the world, they're like, well, what kind of Fanta is it? Is it an elderberry Fanta? Is it a, you know what I mean? Like they're like, oh, sure. We have maple Fanta here. Sure. Yeah. It's the soccer of drinks. Hold on, Ben. You haven't been introduced. (laughs) Our guest on the program who had to talk Fanta. (laughs) New car Fanta? Sorry. With his perfect soccer humor. (laughs) <laughs> uh, is the host of uh, many Max Fun podcasts, including Friendly Fire and the Greatest Generation, uh, Mr. Benjamin Harrison. Hi, Ben. Hi. Sorry, I just uh, I I didn't want to risk having to drive the car all the way back for my perfect Fanta joke. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you know, you guys could have gone on any tangent. I know how this show works. Yeah, no detours. <laughs> it's a straight stop. <laughs> yeah. It's a straight shot. Excuse me. Um, no stops. What's going on with you, Jordan? Well, uh, I was browsing. Um, uh, do, you guys, do you guys like a, like a clickbait headline? <laughs> Love them. <laughs> I'm always shocked. At like, I'll, I'll admit that my, my primary web browser, I have an ad blocker on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, once in a while, I'll use an alternative web browser, and I'll be shocked. There's clickbait headlines on like the Washington Post. Like you'll read like a Washington Post article, <laughs> and at the bottom of it, it will be like, you can't believe how diseased Corey Feldman's penis is now. <laughs> <laughs> I bet uh, I could believe it. Yeah, <laughs> if I clicked that. <laughs> yeah, a uh, a genre of clickbait headline that always works on me is um, check out this list of things coming to streaming service X. Do you guys yeah. are you guys familiar with these? Yeah, uh, got to keep tabs on the comings and goings. Yeah, what's what's streaming? What's if not for Tabula, I wouldn't know what to get excited about. Exactly. What's Tabula? That's one of those clickbait services. Oh, okay. I thought Taboola was a streaming service like Pluto or Tubi. Yeah. Every, well, they're currently mid-pivot. Right, right, yeah. Every episode of Tales from the Crypt is now available on Taboola. It's the only place you can see it. Yep. Uh, so I was, and especially now, you know, it's like, you got, you know, you got to have something to look forward to. We're all watching a lot more streaming TV. So I'm like, Oh, look, I'll look at this article and I'll I'm like, Ooh, I wanted to see that movie where, um, Kristen Stewart goes underwater. I'll, I'll <laughs> put that on my, it's called underwater. I'll put that yeah. on my calendar. And it's actually about home mortgages. <laughs> Her and vanilla ice flipping houses. 
It's a period piece about 2008. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so I was looking at one of these things, everything coming to HBO Max in December. Mm. A lot of good stuff coming to HBO Max in December. Uh, frequent Jordan Jesse Go reference Demolition Man coming to now on HBO Max. Wow. Uh, our buddy uh, Guy Branham's talk show, The Game Show, coming to HBO Max in December. Yeah, so that's fun. good. Uh, and then one that, <laughs> one that caught my eye uh, that I definitely made sure to write down in my calendar, Free Willy, colon, Escape from Pirate's Cove. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, this blew my mind. This is a porn movie, correct? <laughs> yes, uh, Pirate's Cove is a euphemism for the butthole. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the old Pirate's Cove. Yeah. Uh, Free Willy, you know, the movie from our childhoods about the uh, boy who f- befriends a whale. Yeah. Uh, but I guess this is just one of these movies that, like, has been a direct-to-DVD or direct-to-streaming franchise for years, and you know, you've never heard of it, but they've made fucking ten of these things. Like uh, the the Land Before Time movies, great are, I think the greatest example of this. Like the movie The Land Before Time is pretty good. Sure. Uh, I mean, I it's not the greatest film in the history of animation, but you know, it's it's a it's a well made uh, and sweet animated film. Uh, the Land Before Time nineteen is just like. <laughs> It is the worst. It is so... And only, like, like uh, one of my kids wanted to watch The Land Before Time the other day, and my daughter, Grace, who keeps track of these things, she says, on Netflix, they have Land Before Time 18. <laughs> that's it. They just have 18. Not two through 18, even. Just 18. So I guess Free Willy is one of these things, you know? we obviously, There's the movie that came to theaters, and then they've just been cranking out Willy's... You know, <laughs> since 1993 or whenever. Sure. I looked on, I was on the Free Willy Wiki, the Willy Wiki. Would you say, Jordan, <laughs> that we talk more about Demolition Man or cranking out willies? <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows, who knows what 2021 holds for Jordan Jesse Go? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to, I wanted to read some of these Free Willy uh, sequels that I had not heard of. Um, and maybe maybe if you've seen them, uh, Jesse, I don't know if the kids have watched them, but I was pretty blown away by some of the territory that Free Willy has been covering. Um, yeah, I'll start here in uh, in 2011. Free Willy colon Rogue Porpoise. Wow, <laughs> I haven't seen that one. It sounds Rogue good Porpoise. though. It sounds exciting. Uh, Free Willy colon the Quantum Parallax Conundrum. <laughs> oh really yeah, know. I knew that they had gone sci-fi at some point. But I was surprised we did watch that one. And it's more of like a taut 70s style thriller. Oh, yeah, sure. Like a paranoia. Sure, I get that. Exactly. Surveillance state. Uh, Free Willy v. Tremors Escape from Graboid Gulch. (laughs) (laughs) Taking on those underground bite worms. Uh, Free Willy v. Air Bud Return to Graboid Gulch. <laughs> oh, oh. Nothing in the rules that says an orca can't play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> or fight a Graboid. Do you, would you say... <laughs> Graboids are the monsters from Tremors. I haven't seen the plot summaries for these, and I haven't seen these exact films. But Free Willy probably took on the Graboids, mm-hmm. so could see that it was a little much for him, and said... 
I got to get Air Bud. <laughs> right. And went, got Air Bud and brought him back. The golden receiver himself. <laughs> yeah, I need some I need some help. It's like, you know, it's like Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. They know they knew they still needed Horace Grant. <laughs> you know, you need a third scoring option. Is uh, Reba McIntyre still involved with uh, with these Tremors, like uh, late Tremors entries? No, I think it's just Michael Gross. I think at this point, <laughs> Reba said see ya after, after the first one uh, yeah. wisely. And now Jamie Kennedy's in there, I think. Yeah. To be clear, when we say it's just Michael Gross, it's Michael Gross in a small regional theater with a bunch of different hats. Right. <laughs> he plays all the graboids. Uh, yeah. yeah. Man of a thousand voices. Uh, the year after that, Free Willy, licensed to Krill. Um, <laughs> which. Well, so in this one, in this one, does he meet a baleen whale or become a baleen whale? I, you know, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I think they were just, I think they did the pun first and then. Uh, right. And then, and then, you know, kind of worked from that because, yeah, as we know, orcas are toothed whales and they don't have baleen, which is necessary to eat krill. Oh, I'm, I'm seeing the box art of this. It says krill are the disease, he's the cure. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Right there on Google image search. <laughs> A uh, year after that, Free Willy, the quest for the Hyundai Accent presented by Honda. <laughs> Unusual. Yeah. Is this, would you say this is one of those, like, one of those TV commercials that they hire Tim and Eric to direct? <laughs> yeah, it might be that. It might be kind of a, you know, a cool ad, uh, mm. you know, that speaks to Gen Zers or something. Yeah, because it's, it's unusual that a Honda would, would be pushing Hyundai's. Very unusual. Again, I have not seen any of these movies. Yeah. Uh, the year after that, we had Free Willy colon Stud Catches Stepmom in Shower dot MOV. Really? <laughs> sure. That one is just cranking out willies. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Free Willy colon Growing Up Menendez, the true story of the Menendez brothers. <laughs> That one, that one I, I think, was adapted from the very successful podcast of the same name. Right, yeah. yeah. I think it's a true crime kind of thing. At some point, Free Willy signed a first look deal with Inside Edition. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Inside Edition wants to get into prestige streaming uh, docuseries now. Yeah. Uh, boy, this one's, this one's confusing. Free Willy... Dorsal X Machina pod in the machine. Boy. Oh yeah, is that the Vin Diesel one? I don't so here's what I mean, I think they're taking Deus X Machina, God in the Machine, and they just added right. some whale shit, whales traveling pods. Um and I, I did actually look at the the description of this on Wikipedia, and it says uh, Free Willy teams up with an escaped circus chimp to save an autumn festival in central Georgia. I don't <laughs> know why you would call that movie Dorsal Ex Machina Pod in the Machine. I mean, you have a script, but then, you know, tax incentives come into play. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then uh, finally, this year was Free Willy: The Secret of the Ooze. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank goodness, stole. They're actually yeah. coming back for a theatrical release with this one, and then they they had to cancel it and go to a VOD only. Oh yeah, launch. sure. And, and that they they really thought they were kind of rekindling the franchise, but boy, they pissed off Christopher Nolan with that too. By the way, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you guys mind if I share a real life anecdote that these uh, Free Willy? titles reminded me of yes 
Well, on the subject of krill, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of bad things have happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't think I need to list them. No, please don't. Um, but uh, the other day, I've been taking a lot of dietary supplements lately. I feel like Brian De Palma in 1989, just taking handfuls of B12 or whatever while I shoot the bonfire of the vanities. And the reason for this is that I've, you know, my lifestyle, my current lifestyle with my children uh, and the pandemic and so forth is very demanding. And so I'm trying to do everything I can to prevent migraine headaches, including things that I had decided were too marginal of a benefit to co- relative to the hassle. And so I-, I signed up to take every type of supplement that has any evidence of being good for migraines. And I just figure I'll just take them all at once. And if some of them aren't working, hopefully at least one of them will help some. So I now have one of those big pill organizing boxes. You know what I mean? Oh, man. Like not the once a day. I got the twice a day. Mm-hmm. And the one at the and the one at Kaiser Pharmacy was didn't have holes that were big enough. The slots weren't big enough. Uh-huh. Classic problem for me. Uh, and so I had to go on Amazon and search for like big slot pill organizers. <laughs> so like I'm taking dot mov and a lot. Of, <laughs> and then the other thing is I got to find somewhere to store my HGH. Right. right. Sure. Yeah. You're getting jacked for uh, that upcoming Marvel movie, right? I uh, know I'm in one of the new free willies. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> um, the physiques, the physiques on those willies. Well, I play an octopus and they're incredibly strong. <laughs> so I have all these different pills that I have to take. And they, we keep them all in a cabinet in my kitchen that is also the cabinet in my kitchen that is the treat cabinet. So it's where we keep, we don't need a ton of treats in my house, but. On Big Kid Movie Night and Medium Kid Movie Night, uh, which are Friday and Saturday nights, uh, we get everybody gets a candy bowl. Not to brag, but, you know, we have candy on hand for that. And in your case, a supplement bowl? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's so this is the problem that happened, is I got cocky while I was going in there to get my pills. There's enough pills in there <laughs> that I have to kind of scoop them out and pour them into my palm. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's at this point, it's like six in the evening. So I've got all of these pills in my palm and I look in the, and it just so happens as I'm looking at the treat cabinet, I notice that there are some Swedish fish in there. <laughs> and guys... I'm not the kind of man who's going to look at some Swedish fish without eating some Swedish fish. So I look into my hand and I see all these pills and I look at the Swedish fish. I reach down into my hand. I take the pills that I can swallow dry. Some of them are really little. So I take the really little ones, but there's a couple of chunkers in there. There's a couple of chunkers in there. And I think, okay, I can do this. Like I didn't have enough hands to not store everything in one hand. (laughs) But I thought there's no way that I would make the mistake of mixing them up. One one is Swedish fish. One is vitamin supplements. So I just put them in sort of the finger area of my palm 
You know what I mean? Like a little mm. further down the line. <laughs> and I start taking my supplements, right? So I got the water on the counter. I'm taking my supplements. I take them all. I'm like, great. Anyway, long story short, I ate instead of swallowing a fucking fish oil caplet. And I, <laughs> I, I hated it so <laughs> it ruined my month. Yeah. Mm. It was horrible. And you uh. know what they're made of? Fucking krill. That's what they're made of. <laughs> yeah. Pressed krill. Old baleen thorn over there. <laughs> Swallowing up krill. How do whales do it? Does this change how you feel about the humpback whale community? <laughs> do you know what that sound is? That the, those hump, You know those humpback sound, song of the humpback whale yeah. records that they had used to have? Yeah. You know yeah. what you hear? Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's them fucking flipping out because krill is so fucking nasty. <laughs> it's 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 whales of of disgust. <laughs> yeah, you can hear it for miles. They're warning other whales: try and eat something besides krill because krill is nasty. Does anyone have a stuffed cabbage? <laughs> oh, because <laughs> it's are there Altoids in the ocean? Yeah. Palate cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> Need dry crackers. A better tasting shrimp. (laughs) (laughs) Prawn, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, I haven't heard any of the candidates talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) Where's Reverend Warnock on that one? Yeah. Kelly Leffler, strangely quiet on the issue Mm -hmm. of the lack of coconut crust on krill. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good. You know what? Business idea. Oh. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of not being rich, Ben. Yeah. And yeah. given that you appearing on this show is a work for hire because you're not going to be paid, um, <laughs> I think we now own the idea of coconut crusted fish oil caplets. Yeah. Get the right dipping sauce with that. Oof, that's a fun time. Oh, yeah. yeah, maybe unlimited salad and breadsticks. Ooh, yeah, a little nice. honey sriracha. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> uh, ben, we have Ben here for for uh, for a few good reasons. One, he's a hilarious guy and our pal. Two, mm-hmm. later on in the show, he'll be uh, walking us through some uh, Walton Noggins recipes. Yeah. Uh, but also, Ben, as a Star Trek expert, I wanted to ask you the thing we've been asking. Uh, any Star Trek affiliated person that's been on the show is yeah, which in Jordan's mind is anyone who's been on the show. Yeah, <laughs> we have a certain pool of guests that, that we uh, that we can draw from. Most of them are uh, affiliated with Star Trek in some way, right? Uh, ben, what is the horniest Trek? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I heard Tani Newsom. Uh, float that it was Enterprise. Is that right? Did she say Enterprise was the horniest trick? I, I have yeah. not been keeping track of these, but yeah, I think that was her answer. Yeah, I've yeah. heard a fair amount of... I, I mean, I think someone suggested... I think this all started when we asked whether Star Trek... the ne- How horny Star Trek The Next Generation was. It's very um, horny. Yeah, and then it and then it moved into what's the horniest, and I I feel like when we asked that, there was a real groundswell of support on the internet, uh, which is a, it's a computer network for Star Trek fans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, 
for in Enterprise, that's the Bacula one, right? That's the Bacula one. So I um, assumed that it was because, you know, all Bacula is horny. Like men of a certain age, I find horny simply b- due to the presence of Bacula. I mean, to a lesser does extent, have a, Andre Brower and Ray Romano, certainly. Right. Mostly Bacula. He has but an he, air of sensuality around him, doesn't he? He does. He has that he has that proud, handsome nose. <laughs> you know? Yeah. A guy a handsome guy with a big nose, like a big sharp nose, like that really looks good. It's a very horny guy. That is a horny guy. I feel like he's not that horny of a captain though. I don't mm. remember Enterprise that well, but uh I I mean there's definitely some really horny stuff about it. Yeah. Tony Newsom is right. They're always like oiling each other up and and getting in the quarantine after transporting. So that's uh that's some horny stuff, but I I really think TOS runs away with it. I think all Star Trek is horny to one extent or another, but that original series, I mean, it was made by communists in the 60s who <laughs> were like trying to revolutionize like human culture so we should explain star trek so there's a number of star trek series star trek tos uh is star trek terms of service it's about the future <laughs> of those boxes that you click when you're trying when you're required to update your software yeah they're envisioning a future in which you don't sign away your ability your to right sue to the sue. company for wronging you yeah I mean, and obviously, I think, you know, you have to, like, adjust a little bit for horniness inflation, you know? Sure. Mm -hmm. The amount of horniness that you could get away with in the 60s was, you know, relatively low compared to, you know, how horny you can be on TV now. And I do think that adjusted for horniness inflation, the original Star Trek, possibly the horniest show of all time. It's superlatively horny. I mean, there's, like, there's... Three side boobs per episode minimum, like contractually. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I and I think that I mean obviously, and the original series is you know gave birth to slash fiction, right? Like Kirk and Spock, people writing about Kirk and Spock fucking was like the birth of slash fiction, oh, yeah. right? I I think you're right about that. I mean, and and like the like they they did an HD remaster of that show, and you can watch it on you know your streaming service of choice these days. And one thing that really stands out about it is like how beautifully made up everyone is. Like, like the men and the women all have like really sexy makeup on, mm-hmm. and yeah. I feel like that maybe didn't translate on tiny '60s era televisions, but in in really high resolution, it's like very breathtaking. It's clear how sultry Shatner's eyes are. <laughs> yeah. In HD, what's Takay's bulge look like? Oh man, he's packing. Yeah, he's packing. Uh, I, I just we've we've also been we've been talking a lot about Star Wars on the show uh, lately, and you know I think something that we we got into recently is like the like factions of Star Wars fans. Like it's been going on for so long, and there's all these different versions and all these different trilogies, and some people like this one, but they hate the other one, and. Uh, you know, and it's kind of just this, like, it's it's become these, you know, it, it's become these kind of warring, you know, tribes. Uh, ben, is that, is there a similar thing with Star Trek? Are there, like, original 
series people who hate Next Generation and do the Next Generation people think that the Deep Space Nine people are like full of shit <laughs> snowflakes or something like that? Like, is there is that is that happening yeah. in the world of Trek? I mean, yeah, there's every time they release a new series, there is um, uh, it launches a million Reddit threads entitled not my star trek mm. and <laughs> oh boy uh, and then oh but like i i've been to a couple of star trek conventions in las vegas now and i i am not much of a convention person uh it's never really been my uh, favorite way to spend time but um i i kind of feel like as a career move it would be stupid for me not to go now mm -hmm. uh and i actually sat in a panel that was like directly addressing the issue of not my star trek oh boy. and it was like a room with 300 people sitting in it and four people up on the dais like having a panel a moderated panel discussion about how that's a mean idea and uh, everybody should be excited when new fans are brought into the fold <laughs> like it was like really surprisingly positive like everybody that raised their hand and and got handed the mic to to ask a question or state an opinion more, you know, less of a question, more of a, more of a thought was like, yeah, I mean, like one series may be more important to me than another, but that's okay. And I was like, I was pretty impressed by that. Do they have Star Trek four conventions? <laughs> like just that movie specifically? Yeah. Star Trek for the voyage home where they save the whales. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I think that every, the sense I get is that every year the big one in Vegas is kind of themed on a specific one. Like, oh, this one is the 25th anniversary of Deep Space Nine, or this one is the women of Star Trek or something like that. So uh, there there may, in fact, have been a Star Trek four themed convention, but uh, if I have not gone to it. So I, I wish I could report more about that. Yeah. Because that's my Star Trek, just to be clear. Fish out of water comedy. <laughs> and, then when, and then when Star Trek V came out and they went to kill God in the middle of the galaxy, you were like, not for me. <laughs> this is blasphemy. <laughs> no. No, I'm, I'm there for the Monterey Bay Aquarium content. Because they, they go to Yosemite in Star Trek V, Jesse. I mean, like, it's another Northern California-centric Star Trek. And do they ride a muni bus? Mm. <laughs> uh, ben, how horny is a Star Trek convention? Ooh, uh, pretty horny, I would say. I think that there are a lot of uh, a lot of people that want to dress up in a in a sexy costume, and I think that I, I you know, I'm a happily married monogamous man, so I have not been invited to or in the presence of any secret sex parties, but. It it's inescapable that that's got to be going on when you see what some people are wearing. <laughs> it seems in the spirit of our utopian future imagination. Yeah, absolutely. There should be an original series uh, themed sex party where everybody gets together in a hotel room and just throws foam boulders at each other. Like <laughs> foam boulders that don't even look heavy, like don't even, yeah, you yeah. can just tell they're foam. Yeah, barely spray painted gray. It's <laughs> <laughs> Right. What's the best activity at the Star Trek convention? I don't know. I, like, I don't want to like drag it because it's really like it's super important to a lot of people. But it's mostly panels. Like, it's mostly like a collection of cast members getting up on the stage 
and and like you can't believe how many people are sitting there to hear like LeVar Burton and Gates McFadden tell stories about auditioning for shows that aren't Star Trek. <laughs> wow. You know, like they'll they'll be up there for an hour and it's like here's the chief engineer and the chief medical officer from the Enterprise D and what they talk about is almost nothing to do with the show and then and then they take like 15 questions and get off the stage and you're like wow that was like barely anything like two really charming and interesting people and and it was almost nothing yeah i mean i i think often at those conventions the best panels are lavar burton's famous panels about roots <laughs> yeah exactly Let's uh, let's all take a minute to acknowledge uh, America's uh, horrible history. Yeah. Shameful. Um, but there's like there are, there are photo ops and like you can get your picture taken in ten forward and stuff. Except for you can't go to ten forward if you're not getting your picture taken. And I think that that is just like such a missed opportunity. Like there are so many cool sets that that they're like. They could they could spend ten percent more building them out of durable materials and let people like actually walk up to the bar and order a drink from Guinan, mm. and instead it's like this you know it's behind velvet ropes and there's security guards and people pay like fifty bucks to go up there and take a photo that doesn't even have a cast member in it. What you know? materials are is Guinan made out of now? I mean, she looks pretty good <laughs> on the view. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, so that's what I'm talking about, right? Like, that is, like, you know, construction-grade materials. And at the Star Trek convention, we're talking, like, corrugated cardboard. By the way, Sister Act, that's my Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) My Star Trek is Free Willy colon Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't think that would be an inaccurate title for Star Trek Four. That's true, yeah. It's it was kind of the first Free Willy in a way, right? Yeah. It's like how there's all those secret Cloverfield movies. Yeah, <laughs> Star Trek's a secret Free Willy movie, or vice versa, I guess. <laughs> well, listen, we've got to take a break because we got to make some time. Ben's a Ben's a cocktail nut and a cocktail podcaster, and he's going to help us taste some of your Walton Noggins recipes. So we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Welcome back to Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Ben Harrison, Nog Daddy. Oh yeah, he is the he's the original Nog Daddy. By the way, apologies if anyone listening can hear uh, repeated thunks in the background. I I do not uh, record in like a like an industrial set from the closing of an action film from 1992. Um, Instead, there are, there are people building a house immediately outside my house, uh, so the banging is very intense right now. Um, Walton Goggins is a real hero of ours mm-hmm. on Jordan Jesse Go. We love his committed acting performances. We love... Um, his comedic turns. The phrase, running through the house with a pickle in my mouth. Yep. <laughs> uh, and of course, we love and appreciate his spirits. Um, Walton Goggins has a vodka, among other liquors... And last week on the program, two weeks ago on the program, three weeks ago on the program, I honestly don't remember, Jordan brought up the question of what exactly constitutes Walton Noggins. 
Uh, of course, Walton Noggins implies some kind of combination of Walton Goggins and Nog, uh, but it's not entirely clear exactly what that combination is. So we threw it out to you, our audience, and we got a pretty impressive volume of responses. In fact, Brian Sonny D. Fernandez, our producer, is here with us. Brian, uh, you took a look at some of these um, at some of these Walton Noggins recipes and ideas. Uh, what was the what was your general takeaway from them? Um, I, you know, people really were pretty creative with it. Uh, one person sent in a custard, a Walton Noggins custard pie. Oh, you know, they kind of played with the theme a little bit. I think that's the only one that had vodka in it, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it is actually the one, the only one with vodka. All the others had uh, whiskey or the gin. I like a I like a custard pie. Oh, sure, great kind of pie. Good type of pie. If you can be in a group situation and there's one custard pie and then like a more traditional fruit kind of crust pie and you can have bites of each oh that's a fucking dessert right there that's living brother. that is living <laughs> i mean jordan i think anytime you can have multiple pies it doesn't even have to be a custard pie just it, you don't have to be in a group situation just anytime you have access to multiple pies is a good time yeah i just want to have access to multiple pies where someone hurls foam boulders at me <laughs> is that too much to ask you know, in New York City, $200 an hour, you can make it happen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's like one of those things that you debate whether or not to put in your Tinder profile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. You, is that a third date discussion that you have? Yeah, or uh, yeah. is that something you let or them do know? do I need to kind of lead with that right. to filter out people that... You know, Jordan, that's what, that's what uh, experts call CBT. Mm, sure. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we got a lot of good stuff. Some photoshops, um, an awesome uh, YouTube video from uh, the YouTuber, I believe, Uncle Pete's Cocktail Shop. Yeah, he's a real Uncle Pete too. Uncle Pete. Uh, yeah, we uh, we put that over on the Facebook page if people want to watch that. Uncle Pete wears so many Jordan Jesse Go t-shirts available at maxfunstore.com, by the way. He wears so many Jordan Jesse Go t-shirts that I wondered if he had other types of t-shirts. <laughs> one one t-shirt guy one t-shirt style man yeah i feel like he could have really impressed us if he wore that bootleg jordan jesse go t-shirt that somebody wore to max FunCon one time oh yeah we got a like a fugazi policy on this was it like me and jesse kicking saddam hussein or something like that what was it <laughs> it's just it says air bart right it's just us <laughs> slam dunking and uh yeah, yeah. Well, Jordan Jesse Go Monty fashion peas. You know. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Ben, you chose you chose three that you thought were you know contenders for 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 best recipe. Um, uh, yeah, well, I, I thought I might make them on mic because I uh, I like I couldn't I could I didn't have I I just finished recording Greatest Discovery right before we. Uh, sat down for this and I had to like get together the ingredients for these things and I literally have a folding table set up next to my desk here that has three dozen items on it wow. because of how many different things are in some of these recipes 
Love it. Uh, so if, if you guys are cool with that as a, as a setup, uh, I'm happy to like start mixing here on mic. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the honest truth, Ben, is that you're asking us to fill time and that's all <laughs> we do. <laughs> that's the show. I mean, there's not, we don't have another skill set. I said, uh, what would play to Jordan and Jesse's strengths? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and this seemed pretty good. So, What will lead them into a 20-minute story about pears? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I literally just did 15 minutes on one bite of one pill. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's all we've got. And I don't think it had punchlines in it. I don't remember any. So, is, so we're going to start with number two here. This is from Bill uh, Edvane. Right, uh, Ben, is that the one you're uh, cooking up first? Yes. Yeah, and so this one is a twist on a Ramos Gin Fizz, which is very famous among cocktail nerds like me because the original recipe, uh, it was from some bar in like New Orleans around the turn of the century, I want to say, and famously they shook the drink in a in a cocktail shaker for 12 to 15 minutes before serving it, and... I, I have never heard anybody plausibly defend why that would be necessary, but, uh, <laughs> but what, what Bill has done is kind of... Uh, Are you sure this wasn't before <laughs> the Civil War? Uh, it... It's. I think it is named after the bartender that made it. So I. I. I don't know. I. I mean, this guy must have been really jacked. That guy, if the guy must have had some yeah. lean strength. Yeah, <laughs> a really live toned. bartender. Um, so I'll I'll read uh, I'll read his uh, his intro here, uh, Ben. While you okay. while you get started, uh, this is from uh, Bill Edivane, um Here, uh, here's what I came up with. <laughs> it's not a traditional eggnog because, as we all know, that Walton Goggins is anything but a regular run of the mill actor. He deserves something as unique as his Mulholland New World Gin. Yeah. Uh, this is a take on a Ramos Gin Fizz. Instead of the normal simple syrup, I'm adding a take on a gingerbread simple syrup that I found on Serious Eats years ago. This cocktail is originally from New Orleans, home of celebrity chef Paul Perdome. It's a gin fizz base, mm-hmm. uh, but adding the shaken egg white, heavy cream, and Topo Chico creates a levitating layer of foam that ends up like a meringue ice cream soda, but with, you know, gin. Um yeah, so this is uh, so yeah, so it has a, a recipe here for the uh, the kind of the base and then the gingerbread syrup. Uh, yeah, this is very involved, a lot of ingredients, but uh, it seems like it would be uh, really delicious. Yeah, I, I made the gingerbread syrup last night. I was uh, very pleased that I had everything on this recipe already in my in my kitchen except for cloves. Uh, so I I happened to be going to the grocery store and I picked up some cloves, but. Uh, <laughs> This is the kind of cocktail nerd I am. You didn't gentlemen. just stop by a teenage goth's house. <laughs> those are clove cigarettes. <laughs> I think you should take one of those apart and dump it in the drink. Yeah. yeah. Do clove cigarettes have tobacco in them, or is it? No, that's why you can smoke when when there's like a live stage performance that requires a character to smoke cigarettes. They tend to smoke clove cigarettes because uh, they don't have tobacco in them, and they're thus not illegal to smoke indoors in a business. Uh, so we got to... But don't they, like, burn holes in your lungs? <laughs> that was that was definitely the rumor at the time, yeah. Uh, two ounces, two ounces right. Mulholland New World gin, one ounce gingerbread syrup, half ounce lemon juice, half ounce orange juice, no pulp, one large egg white pasteurized. 
Uh, one and a half ounce heavy cream, four ounces Topo Chico, chilled. One cocktail shaker, one Collins glass, chilled. Eight ounces of ice. I hear the shaking happening. So I guess in 14 or 15 minutes, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to hear what. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the part where you guys feel so time. Here's, pretty soon, Ben's going to have those Madonna arms. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Jesse uh, uh, and Ben, I'll let you weigh in on this too. I was thinking that I, in this whole process, I have yet to mention my favorite holiday cocktail. I like a nog, but um, to me, the king will always be the hot toddy. Um, and mm-hmm. I was thinking about what mm, what the what the hot toddy would be, and I've narrowed it down to either Walton Toggins or Walton Goggy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Walton Goggy is already what I call him in my little head. Sure. When I'm think rem- reminiscing fondly about running through the house with a pickle in my mouth. <laughs> I think Dr. Fauci might actually call him that as well. <laughs> All right, don't get Fauci out here. <laughs> if we say his name three times, he appears. Not <laughs> that shake. Uh, oh, there's that classic, classic film sound effect. <laughs> uh, the gingerbread syrup uh, is, I should mention, one cup brown sugar, one cup water, one inch piece of ginger. Eight whole cloves, two cinnamon sticks, uh, half teaspoon of allspice berries, half of a whole nutmeg chopped, uh, or a half teaspoon of ground nutmeg. Um, yeah, Ben, uh, how's it how's it coming over there? Are you ready to Are you ready to taste? All right, so I've put Topo Chico in the glass, and then he wants me to strain the mixture over that and then add a bit more topo chico mm. so you gotta you gotta top it off straining this is not as foamy as it would be if i'd shake well. it for 15 minutes <laughs> so i guess that all right so so note that audience <laughs> note note that the uh the shaking uh time uh was perhaps inadequate this is by far i think the most involved cocktail that we're making today the other ones are, are a little more cut and dry yeah. uh it's they're less boring yeah, to no, listen to. It's no pie. It's certainly not a pie, but uh, it, it is does have a lot of steps to it. Yeah. Oh, this yeah, is great. Yeah, tell us, tell um, us what, you're, what you're experiencing. So I would say that it is surprisingly eggnoggy, given the fact that it doesn't have uh, a, a, a basic eggnog recipe to it and, and the fact that it's gin and not whiskey. Um, I think that it's that gingerbread syrup that's doing that. I got to say it certainly sounded like a heavily spiced syrup. I mean it was like a like a mulled wine recipe or something. Yeah. Yeah, and uh I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of that syrup now. I mean, I guess I'll just have to make more and more of these until <laughs> until I'm done with it. But uh yeah, this is a this is a good drink. It's it's uh it's lighter and more uh refreshing i would say than eggnog typically is and i guess that's because of the citrus part and the and the topo chico mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay i recommend right. so we've, we've got a we've got a good candidate um our next one is from lisa lisa stewart yes uh so this is this is just called walton noggins uh it is accompanied by a pretty pretty beautiful uh photoshop of of walton in a uh a, a christmas turtleneck uh, we'll throw that up there on the Facebook page uh, if you want to uh, if you want to see the the great Photoshop uh, ingredients here. Ben, did you just did you just pop a cork out of something, or did you hire the Prairie Home Companion sound effects guy <laughs> to hang out? With yeah, you? great cork pop. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, little column A, little column B. Got it. So 
the ingredients here, one cup Mulholland American whiskey, uh, one large egg, uh, one cup granulated sugar, a half teaspoon of nutmeg, a quarter teaspoon of cinnamon, two cups whole milk, one cup heavy cream. And here's the thing I <laughs> I think might be a problem, Ben. Assorted unicorn mm-hmm. toppings. <laughs> I know you're a you're a cocktail nerd. Did you have assorted unicorn toppings on hand? I unfortunately did not, and I I even um, looked for them at the grocery store. But I went to a Whole Foods in Pasadena, and they didn't really have anything in the like colorful neon candy mm. uh, variety. So I. I this is one area that I've failed on, but I felt like this, this is like the most traditional uh, Walton Noggins recipe that anyone sent in. And I felt like we should have this as a, a control group at the very least. You know, can I tell you something about that Pasadena Whole Foods? Hmm. Ben and I live in the same neighborhood. So that is also the, the closest Whole Foods to me. I'm not a regular Whole Food shopper, but I'll go there once in a while. And once a couple of years ago, I was there, and I ran into Maria Bamford and her husband. Oh. And uh, now I can't go there because I know I probably won't run into Maria Bamford, <laughs> and it'll be a disappointment. Oh man! I mean, different things ruin Whole Foods for different people. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> for some, it's the price. For, for some, it's the fact that you can't buy a Coke there for some reason. For some, it's their association with the evil corporation of Amazon. You got eight uh, brands of quinoa, but they can't bring in Coke. And the threat of Karening. It's the number one place to get Karened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have honestly been liking that grocery store the most uh, lately just because almost no one goes to it. <laughs> and so it feels not <laughs> dangerous to shop in. <laughs> I feel like I know I'm paying like 50% more for everything, but I'm also not catching coronavirus. I feel like I could go in there and be like, Oh, uh, do you have, uh, uh, two kinds of mandarins? And they're like, Oh, of course. And I'm like, uh, can I get, um, can I get imported turmeric? I'm tired of domestic turmeric. And they'd be like, yes, yes, of course. And I'd be like, do you have Kind of Blue, Miles Davis's classic album on LP? And they'd say, yes, thank you, yes. And I'd be like, do you have Coca-Cola, America's most popular drink? And they would say, no. Uh, I don't know why it upsets me so much that they don't have Coke at Whole Foods, but it really does. But we do have a main root cola. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With 0.5% alcohol by volume. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll read the... I, I neglected to read the instructions here on this. Um, it's it's only three bullet points. One, make eggnog. Two, decorate like unicorn. Three, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Jeff Goldblum <laughs> Apple commercial. There is no uh, step three. What I like about this is it really captures the Walton Goggins brand. Yeah. Well, I guess this is off his uh, CBS sitcom, The Unicorn. I guess that's kind of what they're what they're oh, hitting, yeah. hitting hard here. Um, I think of that as a Rob Corddry sitcom, right. of course. But you're I right. I think of it as a Helen Hong vehicle. Yeah. Um, God, that makes me realize that not decorating with unicorn stuff is totally the kneecapping <laughs> the entire point of this drink. <laughs> 
Um, now, Ben, do you make nog yourself at home in in ordinary life? I do. Uh, I didn't do one this year, but a couple of times in the past, uh, the like the original version of eggnog is a drink that you make in like August and then set aside until the holidays, and it's like it's full of cream and raw eggs but also enough sugar and booze that it is self-preserved. Wow. And, and so it's like, I'm, I think it's kind of, I, I think that there is a, an element of toxic masculinity in like internet culture surrounding this because it's like, I can't believe you are brave enough to drink this thing that should by all rights <laughs> kill you. Uh, <laughs> but it is really like delicious. And it's, I'm, it's like a very old thing. Like there are, there, like you can find the uh, George Washington recipe for for eggnog that you put in a in a jug and set aside on the internet. I mean, the thing that impresses me about cocktail history, having talked to Doctor Cocktail himself about it in the past, is just <laughs> how recently all cocktails stopped involving milk. <laughs> it used to be a way to use milk or something. I don't, but like, it's only in like 1974 did they stop making all cocktails with milk. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I, I, I think that stopping using milk all the time roughly coincided with stopping thinking it was medicine mm-hmm. for right. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A, a cure for the vapors. Which... Maybe that's a case you could make to the Whole Foods. Coca-Cola is right, medicine. Yes. Yeah. Put it in the supplement aisle. It was designed by a pharmacist. It gives pregnant women pep or something. <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, going to try this Walton Noggins now. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's hear what you think. Well, it's just dandy, gentlemen. Wow. Uh, I think that the Mulholland American whiskey is a nice way to spike a nog, but... Uh, but this recipe, I feel like, would be good unspiked if you're a person that is curious about eggnog, but I've only tried gross, synthetic-tasting, store-bought eggnog. Um, make make Lisa's recipe at home, and uh, you might be pleasantly surprised. When you, now, make, or you might think it's gross. Like, some people think it's gross. <laughs> when you make nog at home, do you, uh, do you make a custard, or uh, do, you eat the, uh, do you eat the eggs and so forth raw? I have never done the like pasteurized uh, version of eggnog. I I uh, <laughs> I one time brought a big huge bowl of eggnog with probably eighty servings in it to a holiday party at a at a film production company that I had directed a couple of things for and let just a room full of strangers drink it and. About halfway through the party, it hit me like what a colossal liability I had just inflicted on people because they probably assumed. But also, like, I don't think that raw eggs get people sick that much. Right. Like, I'm sure it happens, but like when you're told by your parents not to eat raw cookie dough, the the pathogen that is most likely to get you, I think, is in the flour and not the eggs. Hmm. So why do you tell me about flouring your nog? <laughs> do you make a roux first? Is that how it works? No, but yeah, I mean, like you can. It, it's it, it is basically like a recipe for custard. So if you put it in a saucepan and and bring it up to heat and like keep it moving, it shouldn't set up. And then you can either cool it off or serve it warm. Mm. And uh, I think that's all perfectly valid. 
Um, how do you think this drink would be affected by the presence of assorted unicorn toppings? I am thinking about that, and I'm thinking enough candy to to mimic the photoshopped version mm-hmm. of this drink would be getting in my way of drinking it, and I would be mad at the candy. And I don't want to be mad at candy. Yeah, you don't need that. All right. Well, should we move on to uh, our our final our final noggins? Um, yeah, and this is the one that uh, that has the YouTube video associated with yes, it. Yes, this is from uh, Uncle Uncle Pete himself. A delightful video. Um, yeah, let's see. So here's the here's the recipe. It is two ounces of bourbon, uh, one ounce of manzanilla sherry. Manzanilla sherry? Ben, I don't know what that is. Is that something? I, I think that is a variety of sherry from a part of Spain. I think it's manzanilla. Okay. And I think that's just like a, the part of Spain that they make it. Uh, 0.5 ounces of simple syrup, 0.5 ounces all-spice dram, uh, one ounce of heavy cream, and one egg. Dry shake and wet shake. Strain into glass. Garnish with nutmeg. Your friend Uncle Pete from Portland, Oregon. Yeah, no shit, you're from Portland. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan, Uh, come on. It's possible that he could have been from Portland, Maine. It's true. You know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. It It is equally... Equally possible, uh, and I, 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 I just Pete. Of course, this was a fantastic video and a fantastic recipe. We thank you for making it. I visited um, Jordan Portland, Maine, uh, last year on Judge John Hodgman tour because, of course, John's uh, greatest dream is to become a full-time professional Maine humorist. Mm-hmm, sure. And uh, Portland, Maine is a <laughs> is a wonderful city. Uh, downtown, it has like a minor league hockey stadium. Uh, and then a big long main drag, which only has vintage stores, Man. is the only business in downtown Portland, Maine. Is vintage stores sounds sounds terrific. I would like to yeah, go. Yeah, it was pretty great, honestly. <laughs> Wouldn't you say every street in Portland, Maine, is a main drag, Jesse? Hey, nice, hey. nice. Doesn't sound like uh, a drag at all. It sounds fun. Yeah. That sounds delightful. Uh, so, Ben, did you did you have to shop for some? Was this stuff that you had on hand? The uh, manzanilla. I sherry? did not have the sherry, and I didn't realize that until kind of late last night. And I made kind of a last minute Bevmo run nice. for this. Um, so uh, th- that was the one hole in my uh, in my plan. But uh, I did have allspice dram already. Mm, uh, it's a great dram because one I, of the top drams, wouldn't you I, say? It's it, it is one of the top drams. I, I love uh, I love tiki drinks and allspice dram shows up at those, which is kind of the rare crossover between holiday flavor and tiki flavor is allspice. And I guess I guess nutmeg shows up too. What would you say but, um, are your top drams? Oh boy. Uh <laughs> I mean I love uh, <laughs> a, a wee dram. Mm-hmm. I love a big dram. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love a dromedary. Mm-hmm. Sure, <laughs> going on a going for a ride on a dromedary seems fun. I mean, nothing wrong with uh, rap singer Big Baby <laughs> Dram, uh, the man behind the hit single Broccoli. Uh, it says this says to dry shake and wet shake. Uh, I guess I don't know yeah. what those are, Ben. What's the difference between a dry shake and a wet shake? It's just without ice and then with ice. Oh. And the the idea is that you're I think your egg is gonna like coagulate too much if ice is in there, and it won't it won't break up and become a smooth element of the rest of the drink mm. if it's too cold. 
So you you dry shake first to, to like kind of whip the egg, and then you add the ice, and that cools the drink down and and like wa- adds water to it to uh, to make it a little bit more palatable. Now, when you shake, when you're doing these cocktail shakes, are you bringing them up like over by your ear, like like in a movie, or do you do it like in front of uh, you, yeah, like a normal person would do? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to. I'm. I'm really trying to show off for the squirrels that are running around outside my window right now. Uh-huh. Squirrels love flare bartending. Yeah. <laughs> There's one thing I know about. That's squirrels. why. <laughs> Hard to find a squirrel outside of a TGI Fridays. Tom Cruise has a loyal army of squirrels. <laughs> oh man. And he really gives them the business when they fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. When when the squirrels are not social distancing properly, right. he. Uh, but every year he at lays Christmas, the, the jobs of thousands of Hollywood professionals at their feet. Every year at Christmas, uh, the squirrels get together and get him a vintage motorcycle. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. He just, you know, he he just uh, he just cares a lot, you know. Yeah. Uh, and he can make diseases go away with his mind. <laughs> I mean, it takes a lot of caring to do that, Ben. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That doesn't happen to the indifferent. It does not, no. Uh, you got to get way up that ladder. Uh, so this uh, Pete's Walton Nuggins, I was kind of drawn to because of the uh, addition of sherry. I, I would not think to put a fortified wine in an eggnog myself, uh, and, and I thought that that was an interesting idea. And I think that this is like, Something, if I saw it on a menu at a fancy cocktail bar, I would order one of and then order something else and not be like upset that I had it, but it's also not, uh, it's not something I'm coming back for over and over again, right. if that makes sense. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I, I think it's good. It's a, it's a drink with a lot of merit and I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I know I'm, I sound like I'm trying not to drag Pete, uh, I think it's, I, I do genuinely think it's good. It just, I don't think it quite does what I want my eggnog to do, which is to be something that I regret having drunk the third of. <laughs> I, I feel like... Because I just had like 3,000 calories of heavy cream. <laughs> I feel like as a cocktail YouTuber, Uncle Pete may be showing off for the camera a little bit with this uh, sherry move. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, sure, anyone can make a, a creamy eggnoggy eggnog drink. I can make one with this weird dessert wine. Yeah, right. We're we're taking eggnog to Spain. Yeah, <laughs> España. Um, so uh, Ben, are you ready to render a judgment on what will be um, the canonical Walton Noggins? We've had a couple. Of, we have a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of a lot of possibilities. But um, is there is there something that you feel like was not only the most delicious, but um, just has kind of a Gogginsy? Um, vibe that you think the drinker can get from the drink. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed, honestly. I have to say this, just in my evaluation, not having had these drinks, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm disappointed that none of our submissions involved walking through the house with a pickle in your mouth. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that is a shame. I, uh, I enjoyed all three of these. I think that I want to give it to the righteous gingerbread noggins just for being kind of an unexpected delight i uh i thought this one had long odds uh to being a tasty beverage and uh it it defied all of my expectations and i think that's really what typifies walton goggins he's <laughs> he he's always he's always going to go out there and uh, and do something more delightful than you thought he could you'd never uh, expect well, him to make anything less than a bold choice 
Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh, well, congratulations, Bill Edivane. Uh, and thank you to everybody who sent us a Walton Noggins recipe. I think it really, uh, really speaks to the uh, funness and creativity of our audience. Uh, and yeah, and thank you to everybody who, who comes through and does something for these uh, weird, poorly thought out call outs that we sometimes do. <laughs> yeah. I'm just admiring the fact that you guys put together a PDF of all the submissions and then we like actually tried them out like this is cool yeah that we, was that was all brian fernandez uh, shout out to brian fernandez uh for making this segment happen and just in general yeah, shout out to brian for picking up the pieces when we uh when, when we half-ass a segment on the show yeah <laughs> when we make an announcement with no plan to back it up um well yeah should we uh should we let uh, ben chug the rest of his nog and then uh yeah, go, come go, back go, and go, make go, these go, to the go, dome go. Take okay, to we'll the be dome. back in just a dome, second. Dome, I'm Jordan dome. Jesse Go. Hi, I'm Joe Firestone. And I'm Manolo Moreno. And we host After Game Show, a podcast where listeners submit games and we play them regardless of quality with a dozen listeners from around the world. We've had folks call in from as far as Sweden, South Africa, and the Philippines. Here's an example. This is a game we called Zooey Deschanel, where you turn a celebrity's name into an animal pun. You have an example, Manolo? Brad Gorilla Pit. Oh, that's a pun on Gorilla Pit? Yep. I don't know. If that's, that's Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. That's a high quality game that you yeah. could expect. Dr. Game Show has new episodes every other Wednesday on Maximum Fun. Check us out, please. La, 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 la. Hey, I'm Jared Hill, co-host of the brand new Maximum Fun podcast, Fan Time. And I'm Travel Anderson. I'm the other more fabulous co-host. And the reason you really should be tuning in. I feel the nausea rising. To be Fanti is to be a big fan of something, but also have some challenging or anti-feelings toward it. Kind of like Kanye. We're all fans of Kanye. He's a musical genius, but like, you know. He thinks slavery is a choice. Or like the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like, I love the drama, but do I want to see black women fighting each other on screen? Ew, to We're tackling all of those complex and complicated conversations about the people, places, and things that we love. Even though they may not love us back. Fanti, Maximum Fun, podcast. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Ben Harrison getting day drunk on three different kinds of nog. Yeah, yeah, triple nogging it. <laughs> how do they? How are they playing inside your tum tum? Uh, they're friends. They're friends down there. You That's know? the ultimate mixed drink. Yeah, <laughs> the one you make yourself. Just thought about uh, dumping all of the leavens into a blender and making a kind of a hyper nog. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the scientists said it couldn't be done. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, they didn't say it couldn't be done. They said it shouldn't be done. <laughs> Don't play God. Free Willy, Colin Hypernog. Right. Yeah. yeah. Coming. Written by Michael Crichton? <laughs> Posthumously written by Michael Crichton? <laughs> it's based on a story he had published in Omni Magazine. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the early 70s. Okay, here's the deal. When something momentous happens to you, we ask you to call us at 206-984-4FUN. This person has done that, and now we will hear what they have to say for themselves. 
Hello, Jordan, Jesse, and I hope Eugene Merman. Sorry. I uh, was fixing a lock at the rhino barn (laughs) at my local zoo, and I got to see a newborn baby rhino. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. First of all, congratulations on keeping it pithy. Second of all, congratulations on reusing the same anecdote on both Jordan, Jesse, Go, and Stop Podcasting Yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, a double dipper. (laughs) But, but... Different angles, Rashomon style, on the same anecdote. The the point wasn't the birth of the baby in the Stop Podcasting Yourself one. It was something he overheard a a child say while he was fixing this lock at the zoo. He's just out at the zoo paying attention. He's got his ears open. And, I mean, the only problem here is that obviously what we should be talking about is what Graham on Stop Podcasting Yourself immediately brought up, which is that the most important part of this is that they have to bring someone in to fix the locks at the zoo, which means the locks at the zoo are broken. <laughs> uh, I hate to break this to you, Jesse, but actually uh, it, this, is, this, this guy is calling into next week's uh, John Hodgman. Um, him and the rhino are arguing about how you split a check. the rhinoceros thinks that he shouldn't tip for some reason (laughs) right exactly (laughs) they should put it into the total Uh, if you you don't tip we'll get universal health care oh boy oh rhino full of bad takes that rhino (laughs) (laughs) that'd be a that'd be a new character on the show bad take rhino yeah (laughs) What animal would you most like to see born? I th- I can remember there being a uh, maybe like the Craig Kilborn Daily Show. Didn't they have a like a video of a rhino being born that they would just like replay over and over again? And that was kind of like a. <laughs> Do you guys remember that? Am I making this up? That seems entirely possible. <laughs> yeah. So I when I think of baby rhinos, that you know that that image comes to me and I am immediately grossed out. I cannot think that a baby yeah. rhino is cute because I know what it's like when the placenta dumps out onto him, you know? I, as a movement conservative, I hate rhinos in all stripes. Oh, wow. Sure. <laughs> <You know. laughs> I mean, bad take rhino. I think all rhinos have bad takes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when I was, uh, when I was in high school, I worked in, uh, I worked on the, the tech crew at the San Francisco opera and the, uh, and the San Francisco symphony. And, uh, at the opera, like all the dudes there were union tech crew guys. And some of them were opera people. Some of them weren't, but the, most of them worked not during the opera season on productions and the thing that I, the anecdote that I remember the most, other than they all worked on Nash Bridges and they all loved Cheech and hated Don Johnson, um, <laughs> was one guy, one guy told me that uh, Craig Kilborn, who um, uh, I don't know if he's become problematic. I, I have not followed his career closely, but I will say I've, I've often laughed at, at Craig Kilborn's shtick. It's very funny to me. Sure. Um, uh Craig Kilborn on the the Late Late Show when he hosted the Late Late Show uh, had in his desk his onstage desk a little hand mirror and uh, during the commercial breaks he would just look at himself in the hand mirror. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's oh, that's great! I mean, just just magic, you know. It's like when Goggins is running through the house with a pickle in his mouth; it just fits. Sure. 
Let's take one more call. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, Go. This is a momentous occasion. My wife was watch- walking down the road uh, in Charlottesville on the downtown mall, and she heard someone say, this is the first time I'm ever going to a pet re- gender reveal party. Thanks. <laughs> what? Wait, was was she going to say Tet offensive? <laughs> um, Man, I would say that uh, I would say that as far as super spreader events go, pet gender reveal is the dumbest one I've heard of yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's also it also is going to cause a wildfire for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I have yet to be invited to a gender reveal party, but in my family, I have had multiple uh, revelatory genders. So, um, <laughs> you know, speaks to yeah. the problematics of the gender reveal party. I think. Well, it's just because your party budget is going through the roof, right? <laughs> yeah, you better not throw new parties. <laughs> Um, when that guy said, uh, my wife was walking down the, and then paused, I totally thought he was going to say aisle and I thought this call was going in a whole different direction. Oh yeah. yeah. We haven't had, we haven't had, uh, left at the altar, right? No. No, That would be, that would be nice. If you, I mean, obviously not nice for, for, for you, the person who's been left, but I mean, good for us content wise. Unless you're doing the leaving and it was the right decision. Yeah, there right. you go. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and guest, this is Prince Valium from Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> is Pizza the Hut there? <laughs> Can we talk to Yogurt? <laughs> he was at the uh, at the bachelor party, but he couldn't make the ceremony. Oh, yeah. That happens. <laughs> okay. When something momentous happens to you, 206-984-4FUN is the number to call, or you can just send a voice memo to jjgo at maximumfun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Ben Harrison, I'm starting to wonder if I have a nog problem. Oh, boy. <laughs> no such thing. No such to, thing. You're going to have Although... to go to NA. <laughs> it's not Narcotics Anonymous in this in this case. It's Nogs, Nogs Anonymous. Yeah. I, I will say that I might have a nog problem, and the evidence for that is when I went to the grocery store the other day, I went to pick up some nog. Uh, and not only were they, uh, and they were out of the fancy nog that comes in the glass bottle, they were out of grocery store nog. And so I just bought the Southern Comfort branded nog. Mm. Oh no. <laughs> and I already knew that that nog sucks. In fact, it's it's even worse than just the grocery store brand nog. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I bought it anyway because I needed to have nog. Wow. Mm-hmm. Gotta have that nog. <laughs> Gotta have that nog. Okay, Ben. What what's the what's the most fun movie that you've covered on uh, uh, Friendly Fire lately? Oh, that is a great question. Well, actually, probably uh, by the time this episode comes out, we will have released our episode about A Midnight Clear, which is a weird Christmas movie slash World War II Battle of the Bulge movie. Wow, <laughs> it has um, everything. Yeah, and it's also Gary Sinise's film debut. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has like 
uh, I want to say like Ethan Hawke and uh, and Free Willy, right? Yeah, yeah. Free, uh, <laughs> he's in the sequel um, of Midnight Clear: Colon <laughs> Return to Pirates Cove. <laughs> the pirate. Um, I should clarify on that bit. The Pirates Cove one is real. The Pirates Cove one is actually <laughs> something you can watch on HBO wow. Max. I think. Amazing. Well, I know what I'm doing next. I'm I'm finishing these nogs and watching that. There you um, go. Have yourself a day. Yeah, but it's it's a movie like I I surprisingly really liked. It's uh, uh, I don't know. It's a strange one. And uh, coming up pretty soon is Duck Soup. Hey, uh, which is a movie I didn't realize was a war movie until it it came up on our dice roll on that show. Yeah, uh, but it is, and uh, and revisiting. Hey, film from 1933 and laughing your butt off at it is a pretty amazing experience. So. It is amazing how the Marx Brothers movies are funny. You know, like, yeah. you, like I feel like, you, you know, when you watch a like, um, you know, when you sit down to watch an old comedy, it, it you know, it feels a little bit like homework. It's like, oh, this was influential and I'll kind of like appreciate you know yeah. the performances, or I'll appreciate like, oh, this this led to this, which led to this. And you we're know. talking here about like Elf. We're not even talking about a movie <laughs> from the fifties or something, right? Yeah, um, right, right. Yeah, um, Neighbors too. <laughs> but yeah, those yeah. Uh, those Marx Brothers classics have been kind of rotating on Turner Classic Movies lately, and they are like you legitimately laugh at them like you would. Yeah. laugh at pop star or something you, like that it's it's amazing seven out of every eight jokes is still really funny and the eighth one is surprisingly racist yeah right yes yeah, some light uh heavy it's some heavy-ish uh turn of the century problematic shit in it but uh as far yeah. as uh if you can if you can do the mental gymnastics uh to get past that stuff boy uh, a lot of laughs jordan jesse go your place for cold takes the marx brothers movies are <laughs> <Yeah>. funny <laughs> oh. it is amazing that in those marx brothers movies um how clear it is I mean, the the secondary amazing thing, after how genuinely funny they are uh, 85 years later, is uh, is how obviously they are just vaudeville shows being shot with a camera. Right. Uh, because they just have intermittent breaks for someone to play piano for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, why did everybody change costumes in this scene for no reason? <laughs> yeah. Just because it's like an amazing thing that they did. Yeah. I have to say, uh, I was watching last night The Philadelphia Story, which I had never seen before. Oh, yeah, sure. I I did that uh, two months ago. And that shit is really fucking funny. Yeah, it's good. I was like, this is really... And, you know, like I had watched uh, relatively recently, I watched... Uh, oh, what's the one about the... What's the one about the tiger that's on the loose? Oh, bringing Up Baby. Bringing Up Baby. I watched Bringing Up it's Baby, and it was fine, but I didn't... I didn't really laugh at it very much, and I was a little annoyed by it. Um, I mean, I, I under if it's your flavor of thing, I have no, I, I, I cast no aspersions upon you for for that being your flavor of thing. But it wasn't for me, and I was a little worried that Philadelphia Story is going to be like that, which because I had never seen it. And uh, there's this immediately there's this part where Jimmy Stewart is complaining about his magazine job, and he storms into the publisher's office, <laughs> uh, and and he says. Uh, and he says, Mr. Mr. Pibb or whatever his name is, you've been you've been giving me an unfair deal. You've been treating me like you treat all your writers. That's great. <laughs> Fucking great joke. And that's where the soda Mr. Pibb came from. Yeah, exactly. That's where that came from. 
Ben Harrison, of course, the host of uh, multiple Star Trek podcasts right here on MaximumFun.org. So if you're a Trek fan, as they like to be called, uh, then you can uh, find a Star Trek for whatever your uh, flavor of Star Trek is. I'm I'm still looking forward to when he invites me to do a podcast about Star Trek Four. Um, hasn't happened yet. Well, that's actually probably going to be our next tour. We're probably if if uh, if you know pandemic permitting, the next time we go out on the road, uh, we've we've worked our way through the Star Trek movies up to Star Trek Four, and. Uh, yeah, maybe we should. Uh, maybe we I'll should get, get like a, a remote segment from Jesse Thorne to uh, to play during that show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as there's as long as there's only brown M and M's, I'm in. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I mean. uh, Ben, it's always a joy to have you on the program. We'll have all those nog recipes on the Maximum Fun Reddit, maximumfun.reddit.com, and on Facebook, where you can like Jordan Jesse Go and join the Maximum Fun Facebook group. Uh, we are on Twitter at Jesse Thorne at Jordan underscore Morris uh, with the hashtag JJGo. Uh, we're also on Instagram uh, at Jordan David Morris and at put.this.on. Our producer, Brian Sonny D. Fernandez, our theme music, Love You by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design, and our friends at Light in the Attic Records. Our thanks to them. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Happy holidays. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.